Hi, welcome to Orophonic, a podcast about Podvik. This is episode 17, Talking with the AO3. I'm one of your hosts, Odivicus, and this is... Hedeka. Yay. Well, let's start off with some news. So Amplificathon still has another couple of weeks to go. That finishes up at the end of April. So it's not too late to post something to break your Amplificathon cherry. Or it's not too late to do one last big push to take the the crown. Um, yeah, go for it. And Podfic Big Bang has been announced again this year. Um, they're doing two different tracks on it. There's like the normal track and then there's the epic track for <laughs> if you're someone like Opal Song who records really long stuff. <laughs> I think it's 100K. That's what it was last or no, I think it was like ninety. Anyway, it's a lot. For the it's epic. a lot of words. For the epic track. That is it, it it's a lot. <laughs> for recording, it's a lot. Yeah. So um lots of support to anyone who's doing it. And um posting for that is not for a while. Um the normal track is is in August and the epic track is in December. But yeah. You don't want to leave that to the last minute. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but I was talking to someone on Twitter the other day and we're both like, it's terrible when we decide to record long stuff. Because I saw that. We, yeah. <laughs> we'll just like knock it out in, in, his, in like four days. <laughs> so it's, it can I, take me a month to do like a 10K story. No, <laughs> I could do that in a day easy. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, I wish I could do a 10 like something that long in 4 days, but alas, that's not me. <laughs> so I'd get it recorded like this month and then I'd have to wait until December to post it and I couldn't. <laughs> well, last year I think um uh RS Creighton did her or I don't know actually it might not have been um uh Podfic Big Bang, but when Epic Big Bang happened like three or four years ago, she mm. signed up for it and then kind of forgot about it and did it all in one big push in like a month or so. Like I can't I can't even imagine. I I need a lot of planning and a lot of time for my podfic. Which is why I don't have the biggest even though I've been recording for like over five years now, my body is only respectable <laughs> and not huge. Uh, so we got a couple of talkbacks. Um, Love the Heaven left us a short little talkback about our Harry Potter episode, and this is it. Hi, this is Love the Heaven, and I wanted to submit a talkback for episode 16. So when it comes to Harry Potter, it was never one of my biggest fandoms. I was always super passionate about the canon, pre-ordering the books, watching the films opening weekend, you know. But the fandom... I mainly only dipped my toe in reading some James Lilly and Marauder stuff, thanks to a favorite author in a different fandom writing for it. Interestingly, I wrote a Harry Potter fanfiction story for the very first time, thanks to Pod Together 2015, 
actually. So yeah, a bit late to that game. But I always adored the canon, and when I finally got into Podfic, Harry Potter was one of the few places where I could actually find Gen Podfic. So my interest in Harry Potter kind of became fresh again. I mean, Genfic has always been a favorite genre of mine. I'm pretty sure you guys didn't mention Gen at all in the episode, so I just wanted to add a different perspective. The fic I wrote for Pod together was actually Luna, Harry, and Neville, Jen. Speaking of Luna, I can't believe you guys forgot about her when you were talking about Femslash. Alright, to be fair, you aren't in the Femslash side of the fandom, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of Femslash that includes Luna. Nymphadora Tonks, too, for sure. Anyway... If you look on the Audiofic archive and then click on Browse by Gen Categories, then you might notice that Harry Potter is one of only five fandoms there to have over 100 categorized as Gen Podfics. Now, obviously, taking into account that perhaps a large percentage of Harry Potter Podfics aren't even on the Audiofic archive, I'm pretty darn pleased by that statistic. So my interaction with Harry Potter Podfic is that the Harry Potter fandom is actually the one main fandom where I can hear stories, yes, usually one-shots, about a wide array of characters in a non-shipping context. By the way, if you want the statistics from the archive, it's Supernatural, 629 genfics, Stargate Atlantis, 271. The Avengers movie, 219, Doctor Who, 188, and finally Harry Potter, 154. And so clearly Supernatural is strides ahead when it comes to Jen, according to the archive. It's in first place with 629 Podfics, which is 350 more than second place. Stargate Atlantis only clocks in at 271 total. So, something to keep in mind if you ever do a Supernatural episode. I don't actually watch Supernatural, so I haven't really listened to any of the podfic yet. So, I guess, and Jen's not here, so she can't speak for herself. I I listen to a little bit of Jen, but not, not that much, like if we're talking percentage I probably listen to about five percent gen 95 percent shipping stuff so and for a fandom that I don't really know the canon as well as I could yeah I'm definitely in it for the ship but I mean, I mean I think you went on the episode Do, would you have had lots of gen stuff to say I wouldn't have had a lot um although the one in the uh in your we love podfic game that I was mm. playing rather intensely of guess this podcast. <laughs> the one Harry Potter podfic I did post was well, there was a crossover that was the Harry Potter part was Jen. Um but then the one that was purely standalone Harry Potter was Jen. So um I do have some memorable Jen ones in that fandom. Um I would say part of that is a skew that came from the way that you guys were pulling the top, yes, the top podfix fandom in general skews shippy, Definitely. and AO3 I would say especially skews shippy. Yeah, um, well, to to get hits, people will put 
and I'm not saying this happened with any of the Harry Potter stuff, but people will put ships on there that aren't really in it just to get, yeah, you know. And that, yes. that's been happening forever. Like, I remember back in my Stargate Atlantis days, I used to not read anything below an NC-17 rating. Not because <laughs> I was super into the sex scenes, but because so many people would tag their gen yeah. as, like, pre-slash and put a parent yes. on it. And it was, I just wasn't interested in that. <sighs> Drives me crazy. And I I also, I did find it a little sad that she was saying it's one of the biggest gen fandoms. And she's like, it's one of the few that has over a hundred podfics. Cause that's not, I mean, that's podfic fandom in general. If mm. you have over a hundred podfics in something, you're one of the big ones, but a <laughs> hundred's not that much to go on. Yeah. Yeah. This is less of a formal talk back, but um, just after we recorded the Harry Potter episode, but before it was posted, you know, I had tweeted, you know, sitting in Podfic fandom today, I look back and wonder why past me was such a rageful Podficker, always angry at the rest of fandom. Then I'm reminded of why I was so rageful and can't really believe things used to be that bad. I'm so happy that we're no longer in that place. Hugs fandom and Podvic fandom. So. I had tweeted that and a friend of mine who's a locked account, so I'm not going to give their name because I don't think they'd want to, um, replied back. And I'm just going to summarize what they said, saying that they were glad that I acknowledged that because the last few episodes, and this would be more like our January episode specifically, um, they felt that I had been minimizing some of the rough patches that Podfic fandom went through in the past and they specifically mentioned it from that January episode where I had talked about when authors ask podfickers to take down their podfic and I had said it was a little bit of a situation where because podfic fandom was so close every podficker said that they knew someone that that had happened to but we all knew the same person implying that it only had happened once which was not really my intention. Um, and this uh, commenter kind of said that it had been rougher in those earlier days. And I would agree with that. And I would agree that I had been minimizing it, partly because I didn't want, like, f- there was a little short period in there, specifically around the summer of Podfic Hate, if people remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was hard to forget if you lived through it. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think things had gotten better, but a lot of pod figures were still holding on to the fear yeah. and anger of the days when it was worse. And so we were acting a lot more like we were reacting to that and people were looking around and being like, why are you so hurt? And I do think we're at a point where we, it is better and we need to move beyond that a bit, but I don't want to minimize what happened. And to address specifically the numbers of how many takedown notices there were from authors. I actually reached out to the audio thick archive and asked how many times that they are aware of it has happened. And they, and gingerly who's the owner said that there were three instances in the archives history since 2008, when an author has contacted them asking that a podfic be taken down. It's a little more common for podfickers to contact them and ask 
for everything to be taken down, but that's not the same thing as an author takedown. Yeah. So, and I know of those three requests, one of them was me and it was actually a permission issue that wasn't them rescinding permission. I had gotten incorrect permission to begin with. Yeah. So that was probably like two real t- retractions of permission. And maybe you could extrapolate out from that, that there's been a few that didn't go through the audio thick archive, yeah. but definitely less than 10, probably no more than five. So I yeah. just wanted to, you know, give some numbers to that mm-hmm. because I do think people had varying levels in their head when they talked about it, that it did happen this is how often it happened, whether or not you think that's a huge amount or not. I just wanted to give real numbers. So I mean, once once is bad enough. Yeah, it is. But I don't think, I think there was a lot of people that got so scared and like, it was a snowball effect. Like it was all these things happening at once and it was a horrible time. Like it was, it was really, it was stressful. It was upsetting. Like not only because of your emotions, but because of, you know, you were feeding off each other's emotions. It was really, it was ugly. Yeah. And I do think that there, because like when I think of Podfic fandom in like 2010, for example, it was this really tight knit thing. And a lot of like most of Podfic fandom knew most of the other, the rest of Podfic fandom. And it really was like, if it happened to one person, it happened to all of us in the way that we reacted and the way that we felt. Yeah. And I think that's legitimate. And I do know that it was not the most pleasant time to be a podficker, but I did want to put some actual numbers on it to get some perspective out there and really to help show that one, it's such a happier atmosphere today. And I'd really like to encourage that, but I don't want to encourage it so much that I'm um, obscuring the past, but I also want to, cause I think in the past we even thought it was more numbers than that, than yeah. it actually was. I had a number in my head that I thought was larger than that. And I know this friend specifically, like when we talked about it, she had given her estimate at much higher than that number. So just a little perspective, I guess. <laughs> I like it. If, if I do minimize it, it's because I, I don't want to, I guess I want to minimize it in my head because remembering it, remembering the feelings that I had that, yeah, I don't want to go back into that mindset. And I mean, when I was researching that episode, I ended up reading some meta of days gone by and like some wank that had broken out and stuff like that. And it was a little like whiplashy reading it because there was some of it that I was like, I remembered it being such a positive interaction and I read it today and I'm like, um, that's not positive. What are you smoking? And other things that I got so bent out of shape on and thought was horrible. And some of it was, some of it wasn't as bad. Like what actually prompted me to make those tweets that brought on this discussion was uh, Revolutionary Joe's talk back that was in last month's episode when she was talking about how like weird and stifling she found Harry Potter fandom when she first started podficking in it because I remember there was like um, Fire Juggler is very was very big at pushing Harry Potter 
Podfic, and she hosted on her journal a sign-up sheet for blanket permission for authors. And I specifically remembered at least one, maybe two authors coming out and saying, you can only podfic my work in a British accent, mm. <laughs> which was really insulting to me at the time. And yeah. is I, I don't think anyone would think that's a reasonable request mm. today from a podficker standpoint. I think there's a lot of authors that would still think to make that request because they don't know Podfic Phantom as well. But like there were people just being like, okay, that seems legit. And then other people that like me raging in the background, like flipping tables. (laughs) So, you know, there was like, you know, just, there was a lot of things like that that made us feel down on, on ourselves as, and made the community feel like we had to rally around each other. So it was definitely hard times back then but i do think it's so much better now oh god yes oh my god there's no comparison yeah people say stuff now and i can just roll my eyes yeah it's like you there's an i think podfic fandom is well known enough now and we have enough people that have shown support for it that it doesn't feel like a lash every time someone doesn't support it yeah and it's like you know, one of the best things for me is to go onto fan lore and look at that blanket permission list. <laughs> and actually, if you look at some of the like toolboxes on fan lore, that entry is the largest on fan lore. Oh, cool. I mean, it's like in word count wise, which is partly because of all of the references in it, but it's mm-hmm. a huge entry. There's a lot of names on it and there's a lot missing from it. Yeah. Meanwhile, you look at the blanket no permission list and it's got like less than 10 names on it. Yeah. It's minuscule in comparison. So there's a lot more support out there than we realized there was or even that there might have actually have been. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that just didn't know about Podfic and didn't realize the button issues that we had and and we're just coming in and sometimes (laughs) stomping on us by accident (laughs) now uh parker was lucky enough to have a great interview with tiny pink mouse i'm not going to attempt to say her real life name (laughs) during the interview with Lindsay. um about okay so she's she'll explain this interview but she's actually on the board of the AO3 um and here's what they talked about so today we are going to be interviewing tiny pink mouse or as you know her from her board position on the OTW, Katarina Harehu. Did I say that correctly? Uh, Pretty good. Okay, sorry (laughs) about that. (laughs) So you are on the board, but today you're going to be speaking not as a board member, correct? Yes. Well, I'll be speaking of myself, so if I give some sort of incorrect answers, that's on me. I'll try my best not to give you wrong answers, though. (laughs) <laughs> that that is fair but we need to get those disclaimers out of the way so before this interview we asked on our twitter account if anyone had any questions for you so that's mostly what we'll be working from and to get the painful question out of the way 
let's start with works categories. So just a little background for those that haven't been following the OGW as much as, say, I do or others. Back in like 2013, was it? There was that discussion with the OTW about including meta on the archive that sparked a whole bunch of discussion and opinions. And shortly after that, the 0.9 roadmap for AO3 came out. One of the major features of that roadmap was to have works categories on AO3 so that you could separate meta and podfic and fanvids and fan art and fan crafts and all of the other types of non-fan fiction works that are allowed on AO3. And we are currently on that iteration of the AO3 beta versions, and we haven't seen it yet. So do you have any updates? Is that roadmap still accurate? Is it still going to happen? Do we have a time frame at all? Well, the roadmap should still be accurate, though it's been going kind of slow. Mm-hmm. I'll admit. Uh, I mean, currently we're kind of told on doing uh, infrastructure and cleaning up of old code. Yeah, that's the point we're at at the moment, and it's it's been taking a while because it's it's important well, work that doesn't yeah, bring a lot of exactly, bells and whistles, but, but is needed. <laughs> yeah, it's it kind of well, it can be boring for the coders, I guess, and and it doesn't really you don't see it from the outside really, or, or as a user, I guess. But it's, like you said, it's important work. And once that infrastructure is upgraded, that's when we should get to the work types. Okay. Which actually, we, I, I should clarify that we internally we're calling it work type filtering because categories are the MM or FM and... Yeah, yeah. So the different types of works. Yeah, and work type filtering, of course, abbreviates to WTF. <laughs> So we're the, the what the fuck problem. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah, I, I, I've, I've seen that abbreviation. It took me a while to figure out what the abbreviation meant. <laughs> oh, acronyms. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're great. Always, always so clear. Yeah. So the good news out of that is even though we don't have a specific time frame in mind, the different works categories is still on the table. It's still being worked on. Yes, it's still being worked on. and. Hopefully it should be coming soon, but no promises. Because that, I know, is probably the biggest issue near and dear to Podfickers. Right now there's the various tags that you can filter on, but there's like the tag that's just Podfic. And you would think that that would catch all the Podfic, but it doesn't. You have to go to Podfic and Podfic Works to actually get everything, because a lot of people will put that on instead of Podfic. I get why there are two different tags. You know, for the podfickers listening out there, it'd be nice if you put the podfic tag on so I don't have to get all of the written works that don't have a podfic attached. <laughs> yeah, I, I only ever look at the podfic tag and never the podfic, whatever the other one was called. I never remember to look at it. Yeah, I finally changed over the save tag that I had on my homepage just because I was missing so much podfic because people were only using that tag instead of both or. You know, I I believe if you put the podfic tag, it's wrangled to podfic and podfic work. Yeah, yeah, I think it's under under that one. So, I understand why it was named that way, but I wish that we used it a little bit more. Where like that wrangled in the podfic tag, and you only add that specific tag 
to the works that have been podfixed. <laughs> but whatever. That's the thing with AO3 and its malleable tags is people end up using them in ways that they weren't necessarily intended for or whatever. Yeah, and it's I tried being a wrangler for a while, so I can understand that it's it's not always easy to decide on how fandom is going to use a tag in the future. Yeah. When you're wrangling it. Praise the tag wranglers, they have a difficult job. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't manage. I, I think I did half a year and then I, I decided that this, this isn't my kind of work. <laughs> uh, Greedy Dancer was the first person that came up with the different or work filters question. And she had a follow up to that saying, what's on the radar regarding making the archive more functional slash welcoming to podfic? Do you know of any other features? Well, there's been some things that have been discussed internally, but it's not not anything that we know for sure are going to be implemented. So I can't make any promises, but there's been talk about like posting forms for different kind of work types. So you'd have a different posting form for like podfic because obviously you... Yeah, like word count is fairly useless as a filtering method yeah, on a podfic, exactly. for example, or a fan art. So it would yeah. be awesome if there was a different way to filter that. And yeah, that, that would be one of the differences, like a, di- a different indicator of size for the, mm, awesome. the work instead of. But like I said, it's, it's kind of things have, that have been tossed around and like ideas that have been talked about, but no, nothing concrete at this point, because we need to get the work type filtering done first and see where to go from there. Maybe also work relationships beyond, you know, inspired by or translation of. Because yeah, that was a question that Kale Bree brought up, brought up some of the implications of having the inspired by. Like, I know there was at least one author that objected to the use of Podfickers using that phrasing because it's like, this wasn't inspired by, this was created with like it's inspired by was too tenuous of a description for that specific author i haven't heard any other authors complain about it but i've complained about it yeah and you know what (laughs) my biggest wish is not that i would want the wording of translation there but i wish that podfix showed on a fanfic work more like they do with translations. For me, and I know there's a lot of Podfic listeners out there, that they would prefer to listen to it than read it, or they listen to it and read at the same time, or whatever. Or just knowing that a Podfic exists will mean that they're more likely to read it because they then want to listen to it. So having the Podfic link at the bottom is very inconvenient. It would be much better like a translation if at the top you said, oh, there is also a Podfic available of this like you do with the translation instead of the inspired by works, which end up in the footer. Yeah, I, I quite agree. I mean, and I, I, I was complaining about it with doing podfic of my own work because I couldn't figure out what the best way to do it. That should I post my podfic of my own work separately or in the same work or. Yeah. I think the one time I wrote something and then podfic it later, I started off doing it as two separate ones. And then I ended up deleting the podfic entry and merged it with the written one. But that's entirely a personal choice. Um, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer there. Yeah. Also, like, more pie in the sky of one day eventually. I would love it if you could have 
true multimedia work types and where individuals can own different parts of the work. So like, it's not uncommon for someone to make a cover art for a fic. It would be nice if you could have like the first chapter of that cover art or podfic or whatever be the cover art and it belongs to the cover artist. But then you hit next chapter or whatever, and it leads you to the fic. So it's effectively one work, but with two different creators in charge of two different sections. I think that'd be really cool, but I, there's a lot of things I'd rather come first. But as, especially as a pod together mod, that would be really cool to have that feature. Yeah, I've never actually even given thought to that. It, it, I, I, I quite agree. It would be nice. You know, once we get the other stuff done, think on it. <laughs> I mean, I know the one thing that AO3 is probably not lacking in is people sending their opinions on what features you should have. But <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of things we would like to do, but th- there's not enough people and and not a, to do all of them as fast as we'd like. Or or so, of course some things would be nice, but aren't really practical. And we are mostly aware of what people are saying, and you know we do listen. It's just that we can't always, you know. So related to that, I'm going to jump to the question Ink Junket had where they said, this is sort of bigger than Podfic, but why doesn't the AO3 hire the coders needed for infrastructure upgrades? I know that you recently hired a coder, but why have you stuck to just one? I mean, I work for a nonprofit, like in my real life. As great as volunteers are, I can like certainly tell that our organization runs a whole hell of a lot better because we have paid staff that, you know, have to do the boring stuff that you wouldn't want to do for fun, but you know, when you're paid for it, that's what you do. The OTW doesn't seem to have any shortage in fundraising. Why haven't you guys moved to having more paid staff? Well, the one thing is that actually, while people do seem to think that we don't have any problems getting the money, it's only been the last year or two that we've gotten that amount of donations. So don't really have that much funds. I mean, coders do cost a lot of money. Yeah, but I feel like if you came out with like a budget or a budget plan saying we would like to hire six coders to do this thing, it's going to cost us like this much money. I think there's a lot, a lot of people willing to throw their money at AO3 to get the features that they want. I mean, six coders might be too much to start with, but if you came out and said we need to raise $200,000 to get this done help us, I think a lot of people would step up to the plate. And as we saw the features going forward, I think that would just continue. But that's, I mean, you would obviously have to test it. But so it's mostly just that you've only recently gotten more money that you haven't hired more people. Is that what you're saying? Well, not completely. I mean, I, I can't, I can only speak for the few months I've been on the board. And, and I, I don't know why we haven't hired anyone in the past. Okay situation has been there so it's we are looking into possibly getting like other contractors than what we have now but it's kind of a work in progress okay so i can't really say much about it all right so this is a bit less of a question and more of a a comment that maybe you want to respond to but penny play knits said it feels like podfic is an afterthought at ao3 do you have any comments to that? Well, I'm not quite sure how to respond to that because I 
I know I felt the same way sometimes, so it's hard to say that it doesn't feel like it. Honestly, it's like with the fact that we've gotten complaints about the fact that we talk about works instead of pics, and why, why are we why are we using language that indicates that we are like multimedia hosting when we aren't? But like part of that is to just remind ourselves to think more inclusively, like to remind ourselves that we do have other works than just pics. And we do have several pod figures working. Like I'm a pod figure, and I'm the I'm on the board, and I'm, I don't think I'm the first pod. No, because Gingerly was on the board for a while. Yeah, and uh, Juniper Phoenix, who's done Podfic, was on the board for a while. Like it's hard to really refute refute the feeling of that because, like I said, I I felt like it sometimes as well. So it's has it your feelings on that changed now that you are seeing a broader internal view of the site? Well, yeah, it has, because I, I know that people aren't, like, people are doing their best <laughs> with our coders, and like they're doing as much as they can, but we don't have that many of them. So, like, with the whole work type filtering, there just hasn't been enough time to do everything. So, I feel that I see how much work people put into things. So, it's it's hard to feel like they're ignoring anything on purpose just because. And I mean, the reality is the majority of the works on AO3 are written works. So it's as much as it's a little bit of like, if you build it, they will come. They built something for fic and that's the majority of the people that have come to it. The fact that they allow other things means that we're less of a percentage to be to the squeaky wheels complaining but on the other hand, you're not going to get more people creating non-fic works on the AO3 until there's the infrastructure there to support us. So it's a little bit of a catch-22, I guess. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get the work type filtering soon. And I, I, I'd be so happy <laughs> myself. So maybe that'll help. I don't know. And I mean, I can understand that that might be a tricky thing, too, just because like, Everything that fans do, that that could be a hell of a lot of types to put in. And I could see that being a lot of ongoing work. It's like, oh, no one considered fanish tattoos or, you know. Yeah, it is. I suppose we'd have to, like, come up with the work types beforehand since we'll have to put them in. So it's a bit like, yeah, why did you leave this one out? Or, you know, why, why, why was this included and not my kind of fan work? So it's potential for for getting things wrong, even if you try your best. So the last question that we got off of Twitter was from Lavender Frost. And it is, why can't we use more HTML in our works themselves to format rather than having to set up style sheets or work skins? And then there's a second part to that question, but I'll let you address that part first. Well, I, I should know more about HTML, I guess, to really, to really get, give an in-depth answer. But the fact is that most of the presentational HTML is on its way out. In the future, it's quite possible that browsers just won't support it anymore. So, Well, I guess the other part of that is maybe not HTML specific, but E.S. Rose is a great person who's gone and made a bunch of skins specifically for Podfic. And there's a lot of people that use EOS's work skins, which is great for sharing them. But I think Lavender Frost was like saying, why can't I make a custom one per work? Why do I have to make it a style sheet and upload it first? Why can't I just 
change it on the fly because like she might have a basic format that she wants, but just she specifically mentioned on Twitter changing the color so it better matches the cover art. So I guess there's not very much mutability available on the fly. You have to go and upload each change as a work skin, if I'm understanding it correctly. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. I really don't use work skins myself. so I, I don't either. So it's hard <laughs> for both of us to speak to it. But Yeah, but I, I know like the primary reason why we can't use the HTML for that is that we want people to be able to turn off the skin or the formatting if they need to, because if, if it's somehow making it hard for them to interact with the work. Okay. Like, for accessibility reasons, basically, but yeah. o- obviously for personal whatever reasons, if you just don't like colors or something. Yeah, and I can actually speak to that personally. I've been having migraines for, like, two months right now. It really sucks. Anyway, um, and I had to change the site skin that I use on AO3 to a dark version because the brightness of the screen was just setting my headaches off too much. And I went and looked at a podfic the other day and I'm like, and the font was a weird color. And I'm like, I can't read any of this when the background's not white. So I can I can see why having the work skins being able to turn off for accessibility reasons is a good one. That's basically the biggest reason for, for that. There are some other reasons that I don't necessarily understand myself. Okay, good answer. (laughs) It's one that I accept. (laughs) And the other part of Lavender Frost's question was, also, will we ever have private messaging as part of the site? Because that's a big one for podfickers. A lot of us are hesitant to ask for permission to podfic publicly unless the author has alternate contact means in their profile, which I think there's a lot of authors that don't even realize the profile is there. There's no way to contact them through AO3 other than the comment section on their fic. So I know I, I follow the AO3 Trello page and I see that it is requested a lot. Do you have any? knowledge of whether it's being moved forward well it's going to happen at some point (laughs) that's that's what i'm told Uh, but i really can't give you a time frame but it yes it it is going to happen okay if if everything goes as planned i'm also on the abuse committee of the ao3 i'm kind of looking forward to having private messaging but also really not yeah, <laughs> I could see how that could be ripe for abuse. Yeah. I think you'd have to create a block feature fairly quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so those are all of the questions that we had from Twitter. Here's one more question that I have. As podfickers, what can we do within the frameworks of the OTW and the systems already in place to try and forward our cause. Like I know a lot of the changes that I personally have seen wrought on AO3 to better accommodate Podfic were brought on by the fact that we host Pod Together on AO3. I would send in a support request saying like, look, I want to do this, but I need streaming to work. Can you make that happen? And they would make it happen. I know that works for very small requests. I doubt it would work so well on something like work filtering, but is there anything like, should we just continue putting it through the support requests? I know there's been a few times on Twitter where we're like, should we flood 
support request because that seems like it might be more annoying than helpful. I don't know. But if you need the numbers behind a feature to prioritize how soon it'll be implemented, would that be helpful to us? Do you know? Well, I can say fairly surely that it wouldn't be helpful. It'll just create a lot more work for support and probably make them very annoyed at you. Okay. (laughs) Because the way they usually work is that they'll forward the information, compile the information and forward it to whoever should hear it, but they won't like send all the individual feedback forward. So possibly like a petition, like one request of, hey, there's 100 (laughs) podfickers that would like to see this. (laughs) Would that be more help? Or does the number of people who want it have very little bearing? I I, I really don't know how support works internally that well, because I've never been on that committee. Well, like I would rather submit our requests in a way that won't overwhelm support. But I'm more curious past support once it's passed on to the AT&D. Is that the department name for design? The coders? Like, how do they prioritize which features get worked on? If we do have, like, 200 people that want this feature, is that going to have more weight than if one person sends a request in and there's 200 people in the background that want it but don't put their name to it? Like, will that have any effect on whether it comes through or not? Or do you prioritize a completely different way? Well, the problem is, of course, that mostly our coders are volunteers, so they will well, you can't tell them that they have to work on something because they are volunteers. So it's you'll, you'd have to probably find someone who wants to do it. Not always easy. Depending on if you have contractors, of course, then it might be possible to have a contractor do a specific thing. But other than that, it has a lot mostly to do with finding someone who wants to do it. But that's not the entirety of, in my experience at least, because... I remember there was a bug report that I submitted having to do with the inspired by that was really affecting podfickers. And it took like over a year and a half for that bug fix to be implemented, even though it was coded fairly quickly, because it just took that long to get through the approval process. Yeah, we've had a bit of a queue on the approval that the unreviewed code has been piling up because there hasn't been enough people to review code necessarily. So So I guess (laughs) getting a little away from Podfix specifically, but it seems like the way to get the Podfix features that we want has more to do with like supporting the code environment and getting it written and approved and all of that. Has there been any talk behind the scenes at the OTW of running the AO3 coding committee more like other open source projects? Because I know right now to be a volunteer, you have to go through a number of channels and there has to be openings half the time. And and it can be an evolved process. Whereas like in a lot of typical open source projects, you can come in and be like, this one thing is driving me nuts. Can I code a fix for it? You get a yes or no. And then that person can code that one fix have it implemented, and then never touch it again if they don't want. Would you guys consider opening the AO3 coding so it could be treated more like that? Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the things I probably can't really speak on behalf of the committee for. I, I mean... Yeah, that was not one of our pre-screened <laughs> questions, so... 
Yeah, I know we we work quite differently from a like normal open source project, and it it is really difficult at the moment to just kind of submit anything if you aren't part of the committee. I honestly I can't give a good answer on that one. Possibly a simpler question. I know that there are certain positions that you can only volunteer for if they are advertised. Is yeah. being a coder one of those things, or can you just say, "Hey, I'm a coder." and be accepted or do you have to wait until there's a call for coders you don't necessarily have to wait i think you can submit code without being part of the committee it's, it doesn't work quite well at the moment i think okay but i mean it's it's possible and no you don't necessarily have to wait for there to be a call for open open positions again that probably something if someone is interested to try contacting the wait a d and t I think, mm-hmm. committee for that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's always necessary to wait for the open positions, even though for ma- the majority of things, yes, there usually is an open call for volunteers. But but coding is always a need type thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually. And I, th- I think the best answer to that is just try. if anyone is interested, you should, you should contact coders and ask, ask them. Okay. All right, so they can email there or go through the volunteer section or whatever is uh, suggested. (laughs) So I will, I think I'll stop there because all of my questions are probably just going to be more of um, putting you on the spot. (laughs) I have no clue how to answer. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have thought it, well, you think of some of these on the fly. So, well, I wanted to thank you so much, Tiny Pink Mouse, for coming and being on our show. And I wish you well with being on the board and getting AO3 and the works filters up as soon as possible would be great. (laughs) I I quite liked being on the show. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Tiny Pink Mouse was great to talk with. And I think we covered a lot of good things. I threw some like curveballs at her at the end. <laughs> I know. <laughs> which I felt bad about. <laughs> but I mean, I actually this week or the week that we are recording this, AO3 put out uh, a fundraising drive. And the last time they did a fundraising drive, I'm like, I don't think I can donate to you. Even though I use it a lot for reading fic, I was just like, the way that I just feel like Podfic is deprior like is getting no priority with them. And the way that I really, really wanted them to invest in coders, I just yeah. I felt I couldn't. Plus there was some of the election drama left over yeah. that I'm not gonna get into, but yeah. <laughs> This time round, like I clicked on their budget link, which yay, they finally have a budget. Yeah. And looked through and I was really glad to see that almost forty percent of their estimated annual budget was going to be going towards paying coders to mm. improve the AO3. So with that, I actually did go and put my money where the mouth put my Yeah, mouth after mouth. listening to the interview, I'm much more likely to give money. I feel like if if AO3 News was more like that interview in the sense that you were actually getting information about 
what they planned to implement and, you know, what was what was in their minds and what wasn't going to happen, it would be, I think the public would be much happier rather than what's now in the AO3 news, which is like weird links to fandom articles in the media and stuff like that. I just find AO3 news really pointless considering it's, in my mind, meant to be news about what's going on at the AO3. Yeah. Yeah, for a while there they were doing kind of just that. It was like uh, a status alert when they were down type thing and then the occasional other updates. And then I think someone new must have taken over in the back end and was trying to make it a lot more interactive. But um I mean, and I don't mind that information, but yeah, it would be nice to see like, but the problem is they, they do large code commits. So but that's what I want. Like I want to say this month we did, you know, this backend code, like so many coders were hard at work doing this. You know, you may not see the outcome, but it's really important for our future. Like I yeah, want it, it would make be... me understand that they are working on something, even if it's not going to benefit me right now yeah so maybe talk about the co- code that's been approved for the next code commit and then have it be all summarized at the end when the code is committed yeah. that would be very useful to have yeah for sure and i know there's ways to like keep on top of this stuff a bit more like one of the things that i think i mentioned in the interview but they have uh there's a trello account where they keep track of the feature requests on AO3 and I have that, I follow that. So I get like a couple emails a day with mostly the support requests that people have put in saying, yeah. I'd really like this. I'd really like that. But it gives me like kind of a, an idea of what's being asked for and hopefully what they'd be prioritizing. That's the thing. Like I've visited the Trello account in the past a few times. I don't, I don't want to have to guess about what they're prioritizing and what they're agreeing to. I, I want them to tell me. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. I mean, they do have like it in a couple different categories of like, uh, that's just like the straight request. And then they have like approved ones and like committed ones and rejected ones. Mm-hmm. So you can get a little bit of that, that sense of like, okay, this has at least been approved, but it's not always the most straightforward and, and yeah. When it was created, it was such an ambitious project and a lot of people got on board because of that ambition. Yeah. And now they're having trouble living up to the ambition and they're being a lot more cautious when I think they would get a lot more response if they showed more ambition. Mm, yeah but but, you know more inspiring like they used to be yeah like inspire us show us a plan even if it's a five-year plan of like we want within five years to have these features here's the time frame that we have here's the wiggle room at the end this is Mm. what we want but they're doing so much of like changing things on the fly and you know Look, we haven't given the new board a chance to kind of. They seem to be doing. And I don't better. think this is something that the new board should have come out of the gate with. Mm-hmm. They need to figure out how to run it in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or there was one thing that I mentioned in the interview that I didn't really expand on, but uh, it's that 
the fastest and most efficient way I have had in getting my changes made on the AO3 was to run a challenge on the AO3 <laughs> and say, we want to do this, but we can't until these features are there. Yeah. I don't know if that would still work as well these days. And obviously they have to be somewhat reasonable in the features. But when, when KLB and I decided to run pod together, at first we weren't running it on AO3. And then I had the, we had this moment of like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make it so that these two different creators can put their work out there in the same space, but both get the credit and the comments and stuff for it? Yeah. And originally we were just planning on making like, uh, like mod posting the works to the, the, the live journal community and dream with community. And then someone like it came to us. I don't know if someone pointed it out or if we just, weren't looking for it but we went we decided AO3 would be a good place for that but there were certain requirements that we had to have and one of them at the time was streaming had to work and so I came to them with a solution but I'm like I want to do this this is how I want to do it but it's not working right now can you make it work and that was a fairly easy change for them to do they added um the streaming code to the whitelist to allow it to work but like there was like two or three years in a row where like at the last minute we're like it's going live we need this to work now and they (laughs) made it happen so that we could post on time so i don't know if if that would happen for other comms out there but i it doesn't hurt to ask and it might actually get stuff working. That is why I always encourage pod pickers to post to AO3 because I feel, yeah, I feel like the more pod pickers there are, the more it's visible in the community, the more it's, um, it becomes important to the AO3 to support us. Like I I feel like it's. Yeah. It's, it is that like catch 22 that I mentioned in the interview of like, they're not going to devote that much attention to like 0.2% of their audience when there are like, you know, there might be hundreds of pod figures asking for something, but thousands of authors asking for something else. And they're probably going to listen to the thousands of people (laughs) over the hundreds of us. And I, I mean, It's also completely legit if you're someone that's like, I refuse to go on there until we're properly supported. I know people who say that and I respect it. So time for some recs. Uh, We had a post from Glovid on our website. Unfortunately, it got put into the spam folder, so I didn't find it until after the, um, the episode was recorded. But... Luckily, I had mentioned one of them in in my recs, Um, but let me read out what Glover said. Uh, Hello, lovely people. I have two recs for the Harry Potter Podfic episode. The first is a perfect 13-hour reading of Drop Dead Gorgeous, written by Maya and read by Heather Fix. Everything about this Podfic is beautiful. Harry's point of view comes to life through her very entertaining delivery of this hilarious, and touching story of Harry's trials and tribulations of being part viewer and of suffering a giant crush on Draco Malfoy. Her character voices are spot on. I have listened to it multiple times. 
The second is Raparo, written by Amelin and read by Penny Plainmitz. This epic, six-part Harry Draco fic that takes place immediately following book seven. Penny's reading is both a delight and very thoughtful, and I had to try not to cry at my desk listening to it because of how well she reads the story and also because Harry Potter. It is basically an eight-book epilogue, what epilogue, and I highly recommend it. So, yeah, we missed out that from the last episode, so we're putting it in here. Luckily, like I said, I had recommended Reparo, so you guys have had a month to listen to that. So I have three recs for this month. Um, Two of them I'm kind of lumping together, and they're all X-Men, the first class. I noticed stuff. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I've been jumping, like, I'm taking a little bit of a break from Marvel fandom, well, mm-hmm. I deal with like my oh my god, I can't. Your I know I can't deal with civil <laughs> war, so I've been jumping around to other Marvel things while I'm waiting for it to die. <laughs> anyway, so I've been listening to a lot of X Men stuff lately because that was a fandom that had a good swing and got some nice long pod fix, which we all know is my favorite. Um, <laughs> and I've been reading fic and stuff. So, anyways. Uh, there are two podfics by Athel that I really... Is it Athel or Athel? I think it's well, Athel. Podfickers, I just say what I... Okay. <laughs> what I see and hope for the best. Um, so there there are two podfics by Athel that I wanted to recommend. Um, and actually, that's all of her X-Men First Class podfics. <laughs> the first one is What Not to Expect When You're Not Expecting It. Which is this, like, really cute and funny, cracky story <laughs> where on the beach when when <laughs> Eric's like, give me one good reason why I shouldn't kill everyone, Charles is like, I'm pregnant! <laughs> and, like, they're both, like, both of the characters, as written by the Hoyden, um, are just that, like, you know exaggeration of themselves mm-hmm. where they're both like their character characterizations are taken that step further for the cracky element of it and Ethel does such a good job of working <laughs> that into her delivery of just like you know charles being like really innocent like and and, <laughs> and and eric being like that much more glowery and protective yeah. and it just really comes through in her voice and it's a great hilarious fic and she just does such a good reading of it that it's so i hilarious. it's it's hilarious i love it and so after listening to that i went to see the other podfics that she's recorded and she did limited release by rage proof rock and it is a longer podfic, which we all know is my kryptonite. <laughs> and it's this great, like, AU s- story where they still have powers and um, a-, a good team fic. And, and it's, it's, you get a good view of Charles and Eric's relationship because it's an established relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a police procedural type one, like, Eric works for the FBI and and Charles is being targeted by Shaw type thing. Mm-hmm. And you've got like the extended cast of like Hank and Alex and Raven and, and all and 
Armando, all of them there. And Alex is hilarious. Alex and Hank are hilarious in it. Like at one point it kind of had like that little bit of the, um, white collar. Is that the, (laughs) what's that TV show? Is it white collar? Yeah. There is a show called white collar. (laughs) But that's the one where, with, uh, where he's like the con I'm pretty artist. sure it's the one you're thinking yeah. of. Okay. Yeah. There's a little bit of that like white collar moment where Eric is trying to move Alex into this like shithole because <laughs> that's what the FBI is paying to keep him out of jail while they help with the case. And yeah. Charles is like scandalized and he I'm wants to convince sure I'd listen to this because this sounds very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> well he tries to convince Alex to move in to live with him instead and the way he does it is by like being creepy to Hank who who's like in love with Charles I did, and I have, like, great. I yeah and, and Alex is like oh my god he's like this pedophile <laughs> predator I'm not letting Hank move in alone it's hilarious <laughs> and like the next morning like Eric is sitting there in his underwear drinking coffee when Alex walks in and he's like, what are you doing in my house? And, and, and Alex is like kind of making all these weird statements because he thinks Charles is like a pedophile yeah. and Charles is like, don't worry, I convinced him I'm a predator. <laughs> it's just hilarious. And, and Ethel does a great reading of it and like the overall story is really fun. So mm. anyways, that is my Ethel Rex. And then a third one that I have, um, one of the pod figures that has done a lot of the X-Men first class pod figs is Podcast. And I'm specifically wrecking Linger, which is one where Eric moves into a haunted house that is being haunted by Ghost Charles. <laughs> and it's a really nice like plot to it of mixing like the x-men first class characters set with like some of the storylines that come in like the patrick stewart versions of the x-men and but changing it and and it's uh i like the i like seeing a mutant world where it's not quite so desperate as it is in the comics where it's like so life and death but Yes. To a point where it's a little bit more mundane, and both limited release and linger have that where it's like I'd much prefer that to be honest. Yeah, and and I mean I like the AUs in X Men First Class because, as I've said before, I'm not a huge fan of like enemy relationships, yeah. and it kind of like Eric Charles works better for me in First Class because they started off as friends, but I yeah. like to ignore the part where they become enemies. I, I like to ignore that part too, because I mean, look, if if I was laying on a beach having been shot and everyone was just like, lols, catch around, I would never speak to them again. <laughs> they didn't even like take him to a hospital or something. <laughs> if I, I will say if I was shot in the back, I would not be holding a conversation like that. I would be screaming <laughs> my head out off or passed out. Yeah, I'd be like, get me to a fucking hospital, you assholes. <laughs> we can talk about this later. Did you dare kill anyone until we talk about this? <laughs> oh, Charles and Eric, you are both so fucked up. <laughs> so, 
those are my Rex and hey I'm I'm really happy you Rex some X-Men stuff because I love yeah I love that fandom well <laughs> I am in the process of making some X-Men pod fix so Ooh, I will maybe add Eric, those numbers Eric Charles yep You'll have to um, let me know when you post that because I'm interested. Yeah, for sure. I have like one that's going to be just over an hour and then a bunch more that I want to record but haven't yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> As is often the case with many Podfickers. <laughs> All right, so on to my Rex. Um, I have listened to a shitload of Podfick in the last week, like a lot. Um and most of it's been Dean Cass because that's what I've been in the mood for. And within that, a whole lot of it has been by X-Man Hater. Like I've listened to them before in the past, off and on, you know, depending on what, what fandom they've posted in. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time I've listened to, God, I think it was like six or seven pretty much, you know, in the last week. They are so good. (laughs) I love X-Men Haters um, Avengers podfix. I've listened to it. I'm not so much in that fandom, so, you know, I haven't listened to to a great deal of them. But, like, they're just flawless. Like, Mm -hmm. the sound sound quality, like, nothing, there's no stumbles, there's no mis-edits. Like, it's just so professional, the outcome. Uh, and then the story choice, like I'm talking in general here of the bulk that I've listened to, our tastes align so well. Like I'm, and I haven't read any of these stories that they've been recording. So they're introducing me to stuff that I love and they're doing it in such a good, professional, entertaining way. The one that I wanted to wreck is Accept uh, Thou Bless Me and it's written by, oh, my God, um, Archituthus. <laughs> Hopefully that's how you say it. That's how I would say it. Okay, cool. Archituthus, yeah. So basically it's kind of post-Hell Dean and post-Alistair, you know, being dead kind of, of Dean who's really struggling with who he was in Hell and who he is now. Um, which I would have liked to have seen more in the show because that was just ridiculous how they handled that. But anyway, um, yeah, he's kind of poking at Castiel, trying to get a rise out of him. He's like, why don't you send me back to hell? You know, and and somehow that tumbles into some, like, BDSM sex between them, which, you know, obviously I'm there for. <laughs> um, but it's just the emotional aspect of why Dean needs this and what he's getting emotionally from that that situation and just I love it when when kind of kink and emotion marry together to kind of create this really intense experience. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, X-Man Hater just nailed it. I loved it. It was my favourite that I've listened to theirs in the past week. So if you're into that fandom... And, like, they are clearly so underrated in this fandom because, you know, I was the first to comment on on most of these. So, yeah, go check it out and give them some love. Um, And then when I'd kind of OD'd on Dean Cass (laughs) and I couldn't think of another pairing that I 
wanted to kind of submerse myself in, I decided to go check out Anatsuno stuff because I feel like she's one of my favourite comfort readers, so I'd go check that out. And obviously when I saw the tags, tentacles and double penetration, I knew this was the pod pick for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's, and she pronounces like so well as English as a second language title, like she pronounced it better than I'm going to stumble through it now. Synesthesia is the title of the pod pick and it's written by Astolat and obviously read by Anatsuno. And it's American Idol, so I think I saw you, yeah, you've kudosed it, so you've listened to this one. She's just, I've tried to explain to her in the past, and I never feel like I articulate it well enough, but she kind of reads in this matter-of-a-fact way. Mm-hmm. Um, like she doesn't overplay anything. She just lets the but she sound... She doesn't underplay anything either. Like, you still get the emotion there. You still get the, like, rise I mean. or whatever. I, I but... get the emotion from her actual, like, voice somehow rather than than kind of over. I don't know. See, I don't know how to explain it, but she yeah, just, yeah. she creates this intimacy with the listener by, it's like she's talking to you. It's like she's sitting next to me and she's telling me, you know, this time that Chris and Adam, fucked each other with tentacles like it's just (laughs) yeah I don't know she she's just she does something magical and I don't know how to explain it so I think that's our episode I hope you enjoyed please join us next month where um we will be joined by Miss Marina 95 as we both die of our feels (laughs) over Captain America Civil War. It will be a non-spoilery episode for the movie, so no one has to worry about holding off on that. But we will be... She is going to be visiting me in Canada, and we are going to record the episode while we are, like, pulsing puddles of feels. And it's going to be an Avengers episode. So... I really don't know if I want to be on this. We need someone to keep us coherent because I don't I don't know if I'm up to that challenge. I really don't. <laughs> we'll try and get as much of our crying and wailing out before we go on the episode. Well, I'll see you all then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until then, goodbye. Bye. Bye.